0: Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 6. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance, that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Look back at verse 7. It says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. You know, that that portion of that verse right there has been a big comfort to me many times in my life. I've always remembered when I feel afraid or whatever. You know, the devil tries to tell you all sorts of things sometimes. He tries to convince you of a lot of things, but... That little portion of Scripture right there has always been a comfort to me because I know that fear doesn't come from God. And it's not it's not His will that I would be afraid to do anything. So I know that when fear creeps in, that it's the devil trying to slow me down, trying to stop me in some way. But I want you to see the last part of that verse today. I want you to see what God does give you it says, but of power, man, that enough. that's enough right there sometimes. Sometimes you just need power, right? But of power and of love and of a sound mind. So if you see somebody that is always struggling in life, their life is just chaos, that's not of God. They're dwelling on those things that Satan continues to throw up in front of them. That sound mind that God wishes that they had, that he wants to give them, has escaped them because they have dwelt on circumstances. So God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. There's all kind all sorts of spirits that we deal with, right? All sorts of things that mess with us spiritually. There's something messing with people today. I don't know what's going on today, but there's a hindering spirit here. I'm just going to call Him what it is, right? There's a hindering spirit in this place. i felt it since last night. So, just remember, that hindering spirit, that's not of God. God's wish is power, love, and a sound mind. So that's what we're going to focus on today. We're going to focus on the power, the love, and the sound mind. You know, our job as Christians is, is part, partly to show love to other people. We can't do that when we're afraid. We can't do that when when fear has us in bondage. That fear will grip your heart to the extent that it squeezes the life out of you. You get to a point where you're so afraid what somebody's going to think about you, what somebody might say about you, what kind of impact it's going to have at work when people find out you're a Christian. You get so afraid of all of these uh, repercussions for your actions that you don't do anything. You just withdraw inside, Right? like a turtle pulling itself into a shell. Pull everything in. Well, guess what? When you're drawn up inside your shell, you can't reach out to help nobody. In fact, you're not even aware of what's going on around you. Right? You can take a turtle and spin him around all different directions. He don't have any idea which way's up until he pulls his head out. But today, that's what we see, man. We see Christians that pull up inside. You know, it's not always fear. Sometimes it's about self. They're, just, they're not concerned about nobody else. Sometimes fear plays a part in it, but it's not just fear, it's lack of power. Let's face it, when you don't have power over a situation, when you lose control, some of us are hung up on having control of everything, right? Just, man, we we just can't function unless we have control of the situation. Don't even want to take part in it if somebody else is running things, right? Because you don't have the control. You can't be a Christian and hang on to control. Right? You can't. Because God's in control. He should be the one in control of your life. The, the song we just sang said, you're my all in all. I give you everything I have. Right? Give it all to you. But can we really do that? And still try to run our life too? Can we really let God have His way in our life if we're still trying to steer the wheel? You all hear what I'm saying today? You see, I know there's somebody struggling with these things. I know there is. Sometimes I struggle with these things. Because even even the, the pastor sometimes encounters things he's not sure about. I don't like to be unsure about things, Right? I have a little bit of a control thing I have to deal with too. I like to be in control. I like to You know what? Really what I really like, I like to know definites. I like to know what where are we going? How are we going to get there? Right? That's where I'm at. That's where I'm always at. That's my nature. I want to know the steps. And you know what God does? He doesn't tell me the steps. He, he, I don't know, it's like he's toying with me sometimes, right? Messing with my head. But you know what he's really doing? He's trying to get me to trust him. Just, look, Kevin, I'm trying to help you out. You don't have to worry about it, man. Just let me handle it. You know how much less stress I would have in my life if I just let go of all those things and let God have His way? You know how much less things I would have to deal with on a daily basis if I would just trust God in those areas in my life. You see, it's that power is not a, a carnal power that we should have. It's a spiritual power in the knowledge that God is in control. That's where the power really comes from when you are able to just turn those things over to Him and say, okay, God, it's Yours, man. Handle it. Let me know if you want me to do something, but right now I'm going to give it to you. That's where power's at. Power in knowing not only He's in control of the circumstances of my life, but He has ultimate power over everything. I went and prayed with a lady yesterday. You know, for all intents and purposes, she's laying on her deathbed. One thing I had to say to her was, listen, you don't know how much time you have left. You may have another 10 years. Do you know you may live longer than me? I may leave this house today and not make it home. See, I don't know what kind of time I have left. And that, for most people that don't know God, is a source of fear. Not knowing. But I'm here to tell you today, I have power in the knowledge that God holds my future. And He orders my steps. He guides me and directs me. He shows me where I need to be and what I need to do. And however much time I have left, doesn't matter. Because I know it's the right amount. I know whatever purpose He has for me, man, it's going to be fulfilled before I leave this earth. Right? And when I leave this earth, it's going to be because He's done with me. Right? There's power in that knowledge. I don't worry about where I'm going, because I have eternal security knowing I'm going with Him. The Word says that not only did He go and prepare a place for me, but I'm going to be like Him, right? I'm going to be with Him. That's power. We have another thing is love, right? Y'all, just the past couple of years, I've really begun to see how important love is to a Christian life. A church, a church body, is the most important thing. If you don't have love, you don't have anything you just got a bunch of people that hang out together for an hour or so on Sunday. Love is the thing that ties everybody together. You know, it's kind of an old cliche love is the tie that binds. It is. It's the thing that allows me to be drawn to somebody that I really don't like in the flesh, right? It's the thing that allows me to to feel something for somebody that probably might want to do me harm. In the flesh, love is the thing that changes how I feel about somebody, whether I like it or not. See, love is an action. Love is something that I have to do. It's not about a feeling, it's about an action. And see, when when godly people begin to show love to the other godly people, guess what? They become a body of Christ. They become a a working member, right? And then when that body begins to show love to those that don't know God, they perk up and notice. See, there's one thing that people will always take notice of, and that's somebody that shows them love. It can be manifested in a whole lot of different ways. But you know what? I remember this old lady... And you know, at the time, I don't even know how old she was at the time. Her name was Hazel Curry. I was a little bitty, probably three or four years old. And you know what she did? She started giving me money every Sunday. She'd give me a few dollars, two or three dollars, five dollars sometimes. And you know what? I started going to her. Not just because I was getting money, but because she showed something toward me. She showed an interest in me, right? The money was kind of the little, the little gateway thing, the thing that opened my attention to her. But that woman began to show me love, right? I knew what love was. I had good parents, man. I had a good family. But you see, if she hadn't ever done that, I probably wouldn't remember her today. I wouldn't remember her. But I still remember her just because of those little acts of kindness. Those things she would do. And my mom would tell me, no, you go give that back to her. And I'd go over there and my mom would say, I have to give this back to you. she said, oh honey, you just keep that. She'd shove it down in my pocket. See, those little things, man, they stick in your head. That's been over 30 years. And I remember that act of love, Right? That's a little thing. But think about somebody that don't know God. Somebody that come up in a family that never showed them love. Do you think they will recognize what love is? Yeah, they'll recognize love. You know why? Because love is universal. You don't have to have any preconceived notion of what love is. When somebody shows you an act of love, you recognize it for what it is. sound mind. You know, I can think of several people that need a sound mind. Right? You can always think of somebody that's like, man, they need a sound mind. That person's crazy. In all seriousness, though, I know many people, I know many people that deal with these issues on a daily basis, and it—it's like they learn to be fueled by those chaotic events. It's like if—if if there isn't turmoil going on in their life, they just don't know what to do. Then they have to go stir up. some t- man, that's not—that's not peace, right? That's not having a sound mind. That's. That's letting the devil rule your life. You may be a child of God, but you're allowing Satan to to impact you in a a great degree. People end up on all sorts of medications, you know, and and sometimes there is a reason for those medications, a legitimate medical reason, but there's a whole lot of times it's not. That's just the only thing they know to turn to, right? Right? And you see these people that ought to be living a victorious life, torn down by what they've allowed Satan to take away from them. That's not of God. God's telling you today, He didn't give you a spirit of fear. He gave you power, love, and a sound mind. You need to learn to dwell in those promises. Dwell on those things, not the things that are causing your headaches, the things that are causing your issues that you deal with. Share one more scripture with you Romans chapter 12. One of the awesome things about serving God is that unlike this world, He really doesn't demand a whole lot of you. Some of y'all that serve God in a great degree may be thinking, what in the world are you talking about? I I spent all my time giving it to God. Well, that's because you gave it. He doesn't demand it. This world has demands on you. My job demands that I be there from 8 to 5. Right? And they really don't like it if I'm not. And if I do that more, I'm not there more often than, than I should be, then they get upset about it. And they begin to demand that I come on time. Right? They demand that I only have two weeks of vacation. Even though I would much rather take a whole lot more. Right? I would love to take every Friday off. It'd be awesome. But this world has all kinds of demands on us. Kids, you know, they go to school, man, those teachers demand that they turn their work in on time. They demand that you do a certain you perform to a certain level, or guess what? We're gonna hold you back and make you learn it again. There's a whole lot of demands in this world. But look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's not a demand. Paul says, I beseech you. That means I really wish you would. Listen to what I'm saying, okay? I wish you would do this. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That means it's not crazy for God to expect you to do that. But He doesn't demand it. See, God wants your service. He wants you to to love Him. He wants you to give everything to Him, but He's not going to force you. But you go back to that first Scripture we read where it says, He didn't give you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. You see, you can't have those three things when you only attend to the demands of this world. But when you begin to serve God, you put Him first, you make your life a living sacrifice. What does that mean? A living sacrifice. It almost sounds like those two can't be in the same phrase, right? Because a sacrifice, you know, if you read in the Bible, a sacrifice, they always killed something, Right? Right? That animal, whether it wanted to or not, gave its life. Well, God demands, you no, know, God asks you to give your life. But He doesn't ask you to take your life, right? He doesn't ask you to kill yourself. Your sacrifice would be meaningless if that's what you did. But what He asked for you to do is to give of yourself. Make yourself holy and acceptable unto God. It's your reasonable service. So you find yourself sometimes with that spirit of fear, chaos all around you, the problems of this world, the demands of this world creeping in, and you I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Well, God's telling you today, just put all that on hold for a minute. Just... Put all that on the back burner. You say, well, I've got deadlines to meet. They'll wait. They really will. They have deadlines all the time. And, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm procrastinating, but those people will wait. Right? They'll wait. God wants you. Simple as that. He wants you. So when you feel all those things coming in on you just say, hang on a minute. And remember that Scripture. I need to be holy and acceptable to God. That's my reasonable service. It's reasonable, you know. It's not foolish for God to ask me that. That's not reaching above what I'm capable of. It's reasonable that I can be holy and acceptable to God, right? There's things I can do to to make myself pleasing to Him. Word tells you without faith it's impossible to please God. So faith is a big part of it. You know what faith is? Hope in God. Hope in believing that God can and will do something. Trusting in Him. What did I tell you all ago? Sometimes it's hard for me to let go of things and trust God. I've got to trust Him. I've got to trust Him if I want to see power love and a sound mind i've got to let go of those things that weigh on me and say you know what i'm gonna give it to you god now what do you want me to do and you say well kevin how in the world do you ever get any of those things done man i don't know it gets done you get it done but i'm gonna give my first to god i'm gonna let him do what i want what i what needs to be done god what do you want me to do today God, what do you want me to say today? How do you want me to deal with people? What do you, give me words to speak to somebody that I need to go talk to. Let him rule things, right? He is a king. He has a right to rule. You know, one thing that Christians sometimes forget is that when you ask Jesus to come into your heart, you are saying, I give my life to you. You were saying, I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to rule me. That's what we were saying. And sometimes we think, well, I want the benefits of being a Christian. I want to go to heaven. I love God, but I'd still like to do what I want to do. And that's not the way God works, okay? You want power, love, and a sound mind? You want the kind of peace that comes from serving God? Well, you got to serve Him to get that.